Hey everybody, this is Robert Yerby, and this is one interesting thing about insurance. Thanks for listening. I am, boy, uh, 24 years in the insurance business. I am, uh, I'm an insurance agent. Uh, I also teach insurance classes. 24 years, that sounds impressive, and yet when you tell somebody that you've been in the biz- insurance business 24 years, you rarely see any look on their face like they're impressed. And uh, I, sh- I should probably just stop telling people that altogether. I, I get it. I get it. Uh, actually, so I-, I was I was telling somebody, I was talking to somebody on the phone the other night, and I'm hearing her smoke alarm go off in the background. And I had talked to her, you know, a couple of different times over the course of the previous week, and it had been going off every time. And I And so I remarked to her, like, hey, you probably need to change the batteries in that smoke alarm. And she's like, oh, I didn't even notice. I mean, I only notice when you say something. And I was like, well, not for nothing. But, you know, if there's going to be a house fire, you know, people tend to die in their sleep. You're probably going to want an, a working fire alarm, smoke alarm to go off and wake you up and alert you to the fact. You're probably going to want to change those batteries. And before I could really get going into it, she was like, is this going to be an insurance story? Uh, I was like, no, no, it's not. Because it sounds like you're using your insurance guy voice, and I just don't need an insurance story, please. I was like, it's not a, it's not an insurance story. It's actually a fire safety story. And anyway, anyway, so she cut me off. So I, I've learned now at this point, like even my friends, even good friends, don't really want to hear my insurance story. So you know what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell you an insurance story. I have my friend Tom here with me. Tom, say hello. Hello, Robert. <laughs> so, uh, Tom, I, I don't know if we're, I don't know if we're real close in age, but I feel like we have a lot of shared experiences because we both have adult children. Fair enough. Right. Yep. Okay. So, so I have adult sons that are. 26 and 27 and you you got a whole mess of kids 26 yeah 27 30 yeah i know okay so y- you've been through some stuff just like i have my, my kids were mostly good but uh i was i have in my brain like that that my kids might be into the same kind of stuff that i'd be into when i was a kid Fair uh enough. yeah so that that's more about the fear so uh, I, I'm pretty sure in some of my insurance classes, I've shared some stories of things that I've done. We're not too far removed from Halloween. And I got into some stuff one Halloween. I remember being in my friend's basement. I had, I had like four really good friends when I was a kid. And uh, I'll give them a shout out. Blake, Sean, uh, Brian, and uh, Chabot. And so we were in Blake's basement this one day. We're watching MTV or whatever. And uh, I just said to my guys, I was like, hey, you know what would be cool for Halloween is if uh, we all saved up a bunch of piss and then we filled squirt guns and we just went around and shot kids with piss. And my friends were just like, Hmm. Ah, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Whatever. And I took that as just an acknowledgement that it was a great idea and they were all going to save up piss for a month. 
Got a giant super super soaker, did you? I, I had a huge super soaker. You're right. So I went home after that, and uh, I went down to the basement, and I, I got my mother's sun tea jar. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, like I it's, do. Giant. It's, yeah, it's a, yeah it's, I mean, it, it fills a couple of gallons. I mean, it's a, it's a couple feet high. It's glass. And I knew that my mother had one because I bought it for, for Mother's Day. It was a Michigan State University uh, Spartan sun tea jar. I don't know if she used it to actually make sun tea. I wasn't too concerned about that part of it. But uh, I knew it was in the basement because we lived in Illinois. And it's it's not sun tea season, beginning of October. So I snatched it out of the basement and I brought it up to my bedroom. And I put it in the closet. And every night before I went to bed, I pissed in this jar. And every morning when I woke up, I pissed in the jar again. And by the end of the month, it's full of piss. Okay? <laughs> and so I got my mom, my mom to give me a ride. This is 10th grade. So I was just uh, about six months shy of a driver's license. So I, I needed my mom to drive me to my friend's house. And they all lived in this... Oh, yeah, I should have mentioned this. They all lived in this one subdivision. Uh, they lived in Lyle, Illinois. I lived in Naperville. So it was a few miles away. But they all lived in this one subdivision. And we were going to spend Halloween night over there. And they had all grown up in this subdivision. And their parents all knew each other. And their parents knew a lot of the parents of other kids. But my parents, they don't know any of these kids. Or their parents... Or any of the neighbors. Okay? It's important to this story. So I show up. I get dropped off at Sean's house. Uh, I show up at his place. Go up to his room. And I was like, hey, I, I, got a, I got a full jar. And I pulled this out of my bag. I had a bag with the super soaker, the sun tea jar. And I, I just had a mask. In case my mother ever asked me, like, what are you going to be for Halloween? I could pull the mask out and be like, I'm going to be this or whatever. But I had no intention of getting dressed up. So I, I pull out the sun tea jar in Sean's base or uh, his bedroom, and he's like, "Oh God, what are you gonna do with that?" I was like, "Dude, we had an agreement. Remember, in Blake's basement, I said, hey, let's all save up a bunch of piss and we'll shoot kids with it.'" And he's like, "I haven't been saving up piss. What's wrong with you?" And I was like, "Oh, well, I'm, I got enough. I got enough for everybody. Like, I, I can fill up three super soakers with this." He's like, "No." No, and not in my bedroom. No, take that outside. And so I went outside and I filled up my super soaker. And we walked over to Blake's house and Chabot and Brian are over there. And uh, I had the sun tea jar in the, in the bag. And I was like, hey, you know, hey, I got my super soaker. It's full of piss. Ah! And uh, I got enough for everybody. And they're just like, you are out of your mind. No, none of us have been peeing in jars for a month. And so it was just me. And so... We go, we go out, you know, into the night and we're not trick-or-treating. We're just kind of like running into people that we know and chatting people up, right? And so the way that I remember it, and I, I welcome, you know, my jackass friends from high school to, to send me comments and stuff if they remember this differently. But the way I remember it, we ran into this guy, Chuck, who was a year younger than us. And so he was a freshman in high school. We were sophomores. And uh, Chabot's daughter, not daughter, excuse me. See, I'm old. Chabot's younger sister was in eighth grade. And I guess 
somebody caught wind of the fact that Chuck had been harassing Chabot's younger sister. And so we stopped Chuck and uh, him and Chabot start into it, you know, back and forth a little bit. By the way, I remember Chabot being a pretty big dude, but he was, he, he wasn't dangerous. Like he, he was, he was not starting fights. He was not like that. So I feel like it, it got confrontational between Chuck and Chabot. And then he turns to me and he just goes, Hey Rob, douse him. And, and I'm ready. I get my finger on the trigger and I just start unloading that super soaker on this kid, Chuck, like in the face. And, and, and it's it probably from like 12 feet away. I mean, yeah. And so he, he's backing up the whole while that I'm doing this and, and he's yelling out, ah, oh God, what is that? What is that? <laughs> and I feel like everybody all in unison just said, piss. So then Chuck, like he wipes, wipes his face a little bit. I've stopped shooting him at this point. He wipes his face and then he pulls out this busted hockey stick from his backpack like kind of all in one motion right it's just the 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 head of the stick and he comes running at me and then sean from like my four o'clock races and like tackles him you know mike singletary style knocks him to the ground and then i just start unloading the super soaker on in like all over him at this point just just everywhere that's my last memory Actually, that's not, that's not my last memory. I'll, I'll also include this too. I was in sort of like a pyromaniac phase. That wasn't the only thing I had in my, my little duffel bag. I was also really into blowing up uh, aerosol cans at this point in my life. So I remember I had brought a bunch of like empty hairspray cans that I just like lifted from my sister's bathroom or my mom's. And we went to the park and we started a fire in one of those like big metal barrels and we, we put the aerosol cans in there and then when they reach a certain temperature like they just explode and so we did some of that too anyway so halloween's over i go home had a great night chuck's mom calls chabot's mom and she's upset because her son came home smelling like piss and Chuck must have told her the story. Anyway, Chabot gets in trouble because of what I did. And Chabot's mom then tells Blake's mom and Brian's mom and Sean's mom. But then nobody has my mom's number. I mean, they know who the, the parents have a sense of who I am. I'm that troublemaker that all of their kids hang out with. But nobody knows my mom. And so they, they don't call her. And all four of my friends got in trouble, grounded or whatever. Nothing happened to me. I'm the only one that saved up piss for a month. I'm the only one that brought the super soaker and squirted little kids with it. But I didn't get in trouble. Okay, that's one story. I mentioned the aerosol can, so that that makes me think of another story. <laughs> uh and I'm going to drag Sean into this, too, because I know he was with me. Once I got my driver's license, me and Sean went around, and we were blowing up mailboxes. Okay. You know, like, I, I know people used to, like, take bats and do, like, mailbox baseball. Yeah. Wait, but you were blowing them up. No, we, we would light fires in the mailbox and put an aerosol can in there, and it would just blow the whole thing to hell. <laughs> and we did that to, uh, 
I'm not, I guess I'm not going to name names. One of our gymnastics uh, teammates that we didn't like, we did it to his mailbox. We did it to somebody else. Um, yeah, so we did that. Uh, I was actually driving before I even had a driver's license. Um, I'm not sure if um, one of my sisters, Lindley, she told me, oh, yeah, our parents aren't going to be home until, you know, 10 o'clock tonight. And so I was like, all right, sweet. All right. Uh, if they're going out for dinner and a movie, like I'm, I'm going to take the minivan out. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to go too. Yeah. You're going to give me a lift. I'm like, ah, all right. To keep her quiet. I had to take her with me. Well, I didn't have a driver's license. I was only 15, but I knew how to drive. Yeah. Fair enough. You know, I knew how to drive. So I took the minivan out. I'm pretty sure my mother doesn't listen to this podcast. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to admit to, uh, I actually took the car out several times before they caught me, but I I got caught that night that Lindley gave me some bad intel. They they were actually home way before 10 o'clock. <clears throat> and so that night that they caught me, my stepdad was waiting for me in the kitchen. And when I walked in, like that dude was on me so fast and he tossed me up against the wall and was just yelling and screaming. And uh, I didn't understand what he was yelling about at the time, but I... I remember him saying something about, you know, you could have cost this family, blah, 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 if you'd gotten into an accident, right? Yep. That's the way yeah. that goes. Yeah, that's the way that goes. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, cognizant of it at the time, but I, I definitely get it now, now that I've had kids. And again, I had pretty good, good sons. They weren't into a lot of stuff. And, you know, my youngest is still 15. So knock on wood, I, I, don't, I don't think he's up to much. But I'm aware, you know, I'm watching. You know, I, I, got a, I got a pretty fast car parked downstairs. I'm sure he'd love to test it out, but he knows I'd, I'd beat the hell out of him. It's not happening. Yeah, yeah. And, and why? Because if something happens, if, if the kid goes and causes some injury to somebody else, Right or property damage or whatever, like it's that's on me, right? Yep, they're gonna be looking at you hard. Yeah, nobody's suing the kid; they sue the dad. Mm-hmm. Right? Did you worry about that kind of stuff when your kids were younger? Did I worry about it? Yeah, it happened just like you. Yeah, were your kids up to stuff? Yes, okay. and they continue to this day. <laughs> well, once they're eighteen, it's not it's not really your issue. No, but you hear about it a lot. So, yeah, I, I only know what my frame of mind is. I don't, I don't know what other parents think about that. And I, I haven't had a lot of conversations with parents about whether they're aware of that. But what we're talking about is vicarious liability. Okay, your, your kid does something, it comes back to you. That is your liability. Until they're 18. Until That's they're 18. how that works. Yeah. So, you know, this whole idea, people might think, well, I mean, I... What do I need liability insurance for? I mean, I'm not doing anything dangerous. I'm not going to hurt anybody. I'm not going to do this or that. Well, I mean, if you've got a family, all those kids, that's that's on you too until they're 18, just like you said. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure if that's, that's something people are too aware of or not, but that's also something kids should keep in mind, frankly. I've explained that to my 15-year-old, the concept of vicarious liability. And, so, and some do pay attention. Yeah. I don't know if he could spit it back to you exactly the way I said it, but I, I feel like he internalized it. 
you know, when I said, hey, what you do comes back on me. Yeah. That's. You're responsible for his actions <clears throat> to a degree. And I don't, you know what? I don't know if the kid is thinking, well, dad just really cares about me. That's why he says that stuff. I, like, I mean, there's, there's an element of that for sure, but I'm also concerned about me. So watch yourself. There's that. There's two sides to that coin. Do you know what I mean? You're, I do. You're giving me a look like you, you don't get what I'm saying, but. Oh, no. I want the kid to be safe and all that, but frankly, I don't, I don't want a bill coming, you know, home with them either. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. This doesn't have to do with vicarious liability, but I just made a change in my homeowner's policy yesterday. And so they ran through all the like standard questions with me. And you know what? Uh, one of the questions they asked was, uh, do you have a pet that has attacked or injured someone? I don't know if you've ever gotten that question. No, I had that happen. Oh, you've had it happen? Yeah. Yeah. I think dog bites are one of the leading causes of homeowner's claims. It was yeah. somebody who had no money who was looking to make money. Oh, yeah? And and what? Just like tempted your dog to bite them? No, they came up to the house one time and they were, and it was snowing. They were all hooded up and the dog ran up and barked at them. And they said they were traumatized by them. And oh. my insurance company actually settled with them for $5,000 on that claim against what really? I had to say. Yeah. It was easier for them just to settle and be done with it than to do anything about it. Wow. That's amazing to me. You know, I one time, actually, I, I had an accident on a treadmill. That's the subject of a different podcast, maybe. I had an accident on a treadmill. The lights went out in this gym. I fell off the treadmill in the darkness. Uh, I didn't have serious injuries, but I had like six, $7,000 worth of, you know, medical expenses or whatever. It's quite a bit. And, and the insurance company was like, no, screw you. We're not paying anything. It dragged on for like 13 months. And then they finally settled for, no kidding, it was like $4,000. Yeah. Insurance companies are known for settling. <laughs> they say no the first three times. Uh, it was such, such a pain in the butt. But... I had a legitimate injury. Like, I wasn't just, quote-unquote, traumatized by the dog barking. Mm, yeah. Anyway. Okay, so vicarious liability. That's the lesson of the day. And I'm hoping that that was one interesting thing about insurance. Maybe we, maybe I threw two or three in there, but I'm hoping at least one of those was interesting. Oh, it was all interesting. <laughs> Listen to your stories, Robert. All right, so... Uh, Happy trick-or-treating, everybody. I know we just missed Halloween, but uh, save that story for next year's Halloween. If there's a rash of people that are saving up pee in sun tea jars across America, I'll know I'm a really big deal with this podcast. But don't do that, kids. <laughs> don't do that, kids. Uh, do as I say, not as I do. Yes. All right, uh, Tom? Thanks for Thank listening. Thank you, Robert. <laughs> All right, buddy. If you like the stories, uh, you know what? I, I'm pretty sure that story is actually in an insurance class somewhere at uh, bmfce.com. If you like the podcast, tell your friends, give us a good rating, subscribe to it, uh, whatever you do, whatever you do. Hey, thanks again. We'll have another uh, episode coming up soon. Bye. Thanks.